Right, well, good afternoon slash evening, Doug, episode two, and we we finally have a name, don't we? We have a name, we have a logo, yeah, we have a working <laughs> microphone for me. Awesome. So last week, Doug, we, we went over a few topics, and, and one of those was our predicted England 11 for Euro 2021 now. You uh, yes. mentioned and alluded to uh, the Daily Mail's attempt to determine the 2012 World Cup uh, Euro, uh, Euro team or something? I think, yeah, I can't remember. It was like four years in the future at the time. I think it was um, two, the 2012 Euros like, then, that would be my guess. So I'm just yeah, going to run... It's not, it's not good. <laughs> I, I, I reckon what we'll do is, is we run through kind of position by position and, and, and who they thought England's team of the future would be. And we essentially just kind of give the analysis that we can on the players that we actually recognise because there are some stinkers in there who ended up... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who ended up doing nothing. So I guess we'll start off with um, yeah. Ben Amos. It doesn't bode very well considering that it's another young potential United goalkeeper and in, in next year's So Ben yeah. Amos, your thoughts? Okay, so obviously well obviously <laughs> no, um, but I, I have um, a degree of yep. sympathy for this one. He was presumably... <laughs> We don't know what year this was done because we've done no research. Um, but presumably he was United's third choice goalkeeper at the time. I'm guessing behind Van der Sar and Kuschak. So a young English goalkeeper playing for at the time, the best team in the country. I get it, but <laughs> what a horrendous yeah. pick. <laughs> yeah, again, I think if you're, yeah, you're trying to kind of think four years in the future, it's a little bit harder than, than our one year in the future. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was, a, that was a, a shocking, shocking pick. Right back. I think I'll let them get away with this one, but it's not no, it's not good. Not great. Not I, good. I will give them a four out of ten for that pick then. And yeah. let's kind of go mm. let's kind of do that measurement um across these picks. So right back, you've got okay. Sam Hutchinson from uh, apparently Chelsea at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I obviously have no affinity with the Chelsea youth team. I have no affinity with the Chelsea first team. Um but I've never heard of Sam Hutchinson. Uh, Hutchinson. I don't even know his surname. It's written in front of me. Um, so yeah, I, I, they obviously got that one wrong. Yeah, I think, um, I think in the forms of time. I think uh, it's made fools of them all. He sounds like the character name from um, that old football show, um, Footballers Wives. He just sounds like that would be the name of one of yeah. the players. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like. Or it sounds like. Um, like a Marvel superhero, but like his actual name, yeah. <laughs> like, like Steve Rogers, <laughs> like designed to be a nothing name. Imagine if he listens to that. Um, <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, he's, let's, let's launch his World Cup 2022. He's gone from being England's right back of the future to being absolutely mugged off. And uh, Sam, if you're listening, I apologise. Yeah. Okay, next one. Yeah, um, so I think Sam Hutchinson, I'd never heard of him. I'm going to give a one out of 10. That's yeah. be a one. Um, the next one again I have a little bit of sympathy uh, Micah Richards Yeah. Mm. now they've made him captain yeah. um, because I think he is maybe he's one of the two um, 
I don't want to say sensible because it's obviously a dumpster fire, but yeah. it's one of the two sensible picks here. So um, I think Michael Richards um, obviously burst onto the scene. I think he said burst onto the scene on um, uh, Super Sunday, and they all took this oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> he did kind of burst onto the scene, yeah. And then I think Roy Keane ripped to pieces. So I've literally said what he said. <laughs> um, but then I think he got a few injuries, and um, it never quite worked out. He has won the yes, Premier League. That's true. So that's true. He is he is the best or the joint best pick here. Uh, but well, not... I, I so um, again tying into uh, me asking you if you've watched those United rewind um, matches. He was the right back the day that Owen scored that last minute winner against them uh, back in '09, yeah. and I have to say mm. he got absolutely torn apart by about a 73 year old Ryan Giggs. Um, so it didn't yeah. bode too well for, for England's team in the future. But again, I would go with that being a sensible pick, given that he did burst onto the scene. Um, and uh, mm. yeah, what do you reckon you'll give that pick then out of 10? It's, it can't... Six, okay. at, at best, okay. at best. Maybe five. I think I think six um, I mean, is probably about right. Because yeah, I th- it's it's not a, it's not a laughable pick, is it? No, it's not like no. And I think con- I, I get it. So yeah, I can say yeah. Considering how badly uh, England have performed over the years, it's not like Michael Richards wouldn't have got into that team and done fairly well anyway. So no. right, uh, his centre back partner is Gavin Hoyt. Yes. So his brother also played for Arsenal. I think it was Justin Hoyt. That rings um, well. <laughs> Um, I think he was the more successful of the two, and I don't think he was um, had a particularly glittering career. So, yeah, I didn't know. I I, I didn't know there was another Hoyt. Um, <laughs> as popular a surname as that is, I didn't know there was another Hoyt. So, this can't. This is rivaling Mr. Hutchinson. Yeah, I, I, think. I think that's that's got to be a, a a fellow one out of ten. Okay, um, this guy might be a zero <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> no idea who this guy is. Robbie. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah. Robbie Threlfall. Robbie, <laughs> it looks like free fall on my <laughs> screen, <And that's>, uh, <laughs> which is yeah, apt. yeah, that's a, a description of his career after making it on this team. <laughs> Just, yeah, um, bloody Daily Mail. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing else to add apart from yeah. This probably is just a zero out of ten. This is a zero at best. Okay. Yes. All right. Awesome. By the way, I just want to say that these these aren't necessarily indictments on um. On the players themselves, these are indictments on the picks. Yes, because it's easy for us to to poke fun yeah, at this yeah. because they had impossible tasks and they failed. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't possible. Task. Um, I mean, yeah, this is an indictment on yeah. the paper. I don't question. know whether or not it's just they got bad loan spells and that kind of you know under the wrong coaching staff that kind of was a detriment to their careers or injuries. Um, mm. We'll never know. But yeah, I think as you said, we're analysing the Daily Mail here more than anything. Um, and just how and, how badly wrong they yeah. got it. You made a really good point about like loan spells and stuff, and how the wrong choice at the wrong time makes a big mm. difference. Um, it kind of goes to show that, for, as much as we think like the elite players, and we're going to obviously touch on this later, and these players who we kind of scoff at, <laughs> they're light years ahead of anything we can yeah. even aspire to. It shows how like wafer thin the margins mm. are. Um, I did read an article the other day. Um, about um, Will Keane. Okay. Um, and he he was United's backup striker 
in the in Louis Van Gaal's second season, mm-hmm. um, the Rashford season. So when Martial got injured, it should have been Will Keane who kind of had the opportunity, but he was injured. Yeah. And Will Keane's career has just it's just been slightly wrong decision after slightly wrong decision. And it just goes to show how like a sliding doors moment can define a career. Yeah. Um, I'm probably being quite nice here. Um, well, I don't need to well, be. Because I, I obviously, you know, being United fans, um, Michael Keane, I think it's his brother, isn't it? Yeah. He's now at, I want to say Everton. I think it's Everton. Um, yeah, we should be. Should be off my yeah. And yeah, and he, you know, he's doing well. And, and um, obviously, and he's, he's kind of knocking on the door of, of England call-ups um, to the squad, at least. And I think Wilkin was meant to be the better brother. It's a bit like Fabio and Raphael. Fabio was meant to be the better one. Mm-hmm. But again, it was just yeah. bad timing of injuries um, affects your mm-hmm. career massively. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, as you said, yeah, it ties into us not necessarily you know, mocking the players and just, it could just be bad decisions or injuries that led to them them not being household names. But ultimately this was terrible from Daily Mail because that only really- Oh yeah, yeah, let's not get away from <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> a, a couple injuries to a couple of players, you know, you can say, okay, well, they, they got seven out of these 11 correct, but they were woeful mm-hmm. with this. So, these are, right, yeah. so midfield, the first one I'm going to go for is Dean Parrott from Tottenham. Um, I th- This name rings a bell which is the most sympathy I can give okay. to this pick. I, I think I've heard this name before. That does not mean it's a good pick. It means that there is some basis in reality with this uh, yep. selection, but uh, obviously, obviously, obviously not good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Your I'm, thoughts? I, I haven't heard of this player. Um, I've got to be honest. Um, I, I think I'm tying it into the the new parrot supposed to be coming up for Tottenham, but obviously mm. this was 2008. So Dean Parrot, I doubt is this new young star <laughs> that's coming up for Tottenham. Um, no. So you know, unless he's found the fountain of youth or something, but um, yeah, I think mm. that's got to go down as a two out of ten then for you. I'll give it two. That's a two for me. Okay. Okay. Fine. Right, so next one along, you've got Michael Johnson um, and not the sprinter. Not the sprinter. Yeah, this is... uh, Not the sprinter. (laughs) Not the sprinter or the sprinter. Your thoughts? Now, this one I kind of understand because although Micah Richards and someone else on this list did have a mediocre England career, this guy was... Michael Johnson was kind of talked about as, like, a future star. Remember when... um, City were first just starting to get, you know, relevant. Yeah. Um, and they had him and Stephen Ireland mm-hmm. in midfield. And I can't, I'm thinking that, eh, you know, they might get like top half, like decent players. And I think Michael Johnson's career is the one that's probably gone the furthest south since this. Mm. I think he's had some real problems since, but I kind of get this selection, yeah. but obviously it's way off. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I think it's. <sighs> the way that I would kind of put it is like you said, he was starting or something. It would be to me like if Phil Foden never became anything and um, mm. people in, in 10, 12 years time are mocking the selection of Phil Foden. If, if someone put Phil Foden in their, you know, Euro 2024 team, mm. assuming it stays on the previous timeline, it, mm. it would make sense to us right now, but anything can happen over the next four years Mm. And Phil Foden could just be one of those forgotten names. So I think the Michael Johnson pick, I think it, for me, I, I'm going to give it like a five out of 10. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, a little bit less than Michael Richards, 
um, in terms of scoring on the system. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, he was a player that, that <laughs> this absolutely made up nonsense system of ours. Um, so yeah, I think five out of ten is a, a, a fair a fair reflection on that one. Next yeah, one, I have true. I have no clue about this guy. No, um, I don't. no I don't. James Henry from Reading, zero out I'm of ten. Trying to wrap my brain. It, it's zero or one. I'm really torn. I'm trying to rack my brain because Reading were in the Premier League around 2008. I'm trying to rack my brain if he was kind of coming through and he was meant to be so. But now nah, zero or one, you decide. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard his name, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave him for um for a zero along with uh, okay. free fall, throw fall. Uh, <laughs> the only um person on this list who has two names named after English kings, interestingly. Ah, it's not well, interesting. We'll give him a, a 0.5 then. <laughs> yeah, I think for the royal connection. Yeah. James, if you're listening, congratulations. You've got, you got a 0.5. Um, the next three so, okay. don't have any names named after future, uh, past no, no, so I'm going to... I'm gonna, Go in the opposite direction to how we have been going because I want to end on the one that, that probably is going to ah. score the best. So Scott Sinclair, this has got this is it's an interesting one. He's had a, he's had a perfectly reasonable career. Chelsea, Swansea, um, Celtic. Um, so you know he's he's been around mm-hmm. kind of second tier throughout. So this isn't this isn't a this isn't a bad selection. It's probably a four or a five for me. May, probably more likely a four, but I remember when he was in the Chelsea um, setup that he was meant to be like going on to big things. They also had a player. I'm, I don't want to get sidetracked by my own nerdiness, but they also had a player called Gail Kakuta, who I think is actually yep. now just starting to kind of kick on. And I think she also got a transfer ban over it. So sound familiar? Um, so I think him, he, and he. I think they won like the FA Youth Cup together or something. And I thought, okay. and I think everyone thought, finally Chelsea are going to have like a homegrown player. It could be this guy, and it obviously didn't happen because Chelsea yeah. um I know about Mason Mount but <laughs> so this is four or five for me I don't know what you think yeah I think I I probably put that around a, a five I think if we're giving Michael Johnson a five I think Scott Sinclair um yeah. his career at Chelsea was decent ish and then his career yeah. at Swansea I remember him actually being pretty good for Swansea but I think by yeah. that point his Chances of an England call-up were, were most likely um, surrendered. Yeah, at that point. Uh, so for me, I think I'm going to put him as a five. Yeah, same line as as a as a Michael Johnson, um, sim- maybe like a, a Michael Richards kind of five in that range, that five six range. Yeah. Okay, and then um, Jose Baxter. Now this guy has the best chant of all the players on this list. It's okay. to the tune of "Don't Don't You Want Me, Baby." Jose Baxter, baby. Jose Baxter, whoa. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> least, yeah, let's cut that bit out. <laughs> no one needs to do that every Kill it with fire. Um, um, so, best chance, but um, that's not really in the scoring system as we as we currently have it. Two? Three. Two. I, I was thinking two from the outset. Okay. I think, I think you went to, like, Brentford or something and did all right. Yeah. And then uh, that's, okay. that's yeah, I'm 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 happy with a <laughs> I'm happy with a two on that one. Yeah, we'll lock um, in a two. We'll lock in a two. Um, no more <laughs> votes, right? So, and the final one, actually a reasonable decision to be fair. Um, Theo mm-hmm. Walcott. Theo obviously Walcott. had a, a very decent career at Arsenal, uh, which kind of is limiting in itself. A very decent career, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then Everton, you know, again pretty good and. 
I just think it's a sensible decision from them. And obviously, he was he would have been what eighteen at the time because he was yeah. six, 16 when he went to the World Cup in '06. Yeah. Um, so, what are your thoughts? Uh, this is a seven or an eight. Uh, yeah. A ten, a ten would be a player who was you know actually made it into the England first team. Imagine that. Whereas Walcott, I don't think was ever was he ever an automatic pick. I think he was always fringes, wasn't he? So. Eight. I think you could even yeah. make an argument for a nine here. As, as 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 a prediction of the future, you could make an argument for a nine. But I think I'd go eight. He did score a hat trick for England, so a decent pick. You, you, this is this is a perfectly um, rational, reasonable selection. Yeah, for, for for me, that's an eight. And I think, as far as um, predictions go, you know, four years ahead of time, an eight is a a very good score actually um, to get mm -hmm. that close to to being correct um mm -hmm. it is pretty good so all right i'm happy with an eight there uh, and we'll we'll lock that one in we'll again and we'll uh, and i think we'll kind of move on from that now i think we've, we've kind of ruined some some players careers there a little more than they they already, <laughs> already were yeah. um, the final nail in the coffin the bed end doors yeah so, you never amounted to yeah. anything look at what we're saying <laughs> eating our yeah third chocolate egg of the day uh, yeah, no cream egg for me this week. All right, so so moving on to a different 11, a very, very different 11. I think what would be uh, an interesting discussion, I think we've, we've got to take it into account of, let's say, this season. So let's yep, take I agree. nostalgia out of it, previous performances, previous years, and, and their performances prior to this year. And we'll say our our best world 11 dream team fantasy football what are you going with okay tell you what and i've also just had an idea which i should have put on our whatsapp rather than actually do it on the podcast but why don't we if we have any differences in our team we'll pit them against each other and we'll put it on twitter and see if anyone has a preference because i imagine we're going to agree on about nine of these but let's see if there's any difference i'm, I'm up for that as well we could even do um you know something like youtube um youtube installment and we'll, we'll play a fifa game and we'll kind of we'll film that as well um, well you're weird see who, who comes like, out the victor yes but unless it's like computer for computer you're a a better fifa player than me and you have significantly better internet than me so um your team's going to win but I, I i'm happy to do that because i'm happy to play fifa okay well fair enough okay so goalkeeper who are you going for for me it's jan oblak uh, Atletico Madrid. Okay. I okay. I think he's been one of the top goalkeepers in the world for the last few years, really. Um, and I was just kind of thinking, uh, who might challenge him? So you you can't pick De Gea. I think De Gea is is, mm -hmm. is the. Yeah. I still think De Gea is the best goalkeeper of them all. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't think you can pick him. Maybe it's just me being a bit reactionary, but I, I've never really got the hype around Manuel Neuer. And I don't think Edison and Allison are that that good. I think Allison is better than Edison, but I think yep. Black is the better keeper. Just all, all rounds, like decent um, with ballers' feet. He's strong, good shot stopper. He's my pick. Yeah, and I think just on Allison, I think that ties into similar to what I said last week about Joe Gomez. Is you've got to look at Allison in terms of who he's playing with, and you've got. Trent Alexander-Arnold, who I imagine at least is going to have his hand up for the right-back position. Mm -hmm. You've got Van Dijk, who 
obviously is going to be one of those centre back well, positions. Yeah, yes, and yeah. <laughs> what? And then you've got Robertson, who is again with his hand up for the left back position. So I think some something's got to give there, and I think Allison just doesn't quite set the world alight like early days of Neuer did, and mm-hmm. uh, De Gea from from three seasons ago or two seasons ago. For me, I think I, I agree with Oblak. One that I think is worth a mention is um, Ter Stegen oh, yeah. um, for, for Barca. If you want to go with I Ter Stegen, this provides an interesting point of difference, a bit of controversy. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ter Stegen's definitely right up there. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to say Ter Stegen, yes. just also on the interest of if we do go ahead and play that FIFA, uh, you know, the slight differences in the team. So, all right, so you're going with Oblak, I'll go with Ter Stegen. And again, we can put a poll out on Twitter as well yes. to see who agrees with who. Okay. So, all right, so the, so the next one then, we'll go right back. Who are you having a right back? Alexander-Arnold. Not Trent. It's going to be cool footballers by their Sorry, name. It's not Trent. It's weird. Um, so, yeah, uh, Alexander-Arnold, really good defender. And although he puts in about 6,000 crosses a game, he's the excellent uh, distributor of the ball. So uh, this is one of the easier ones for me. I, I, there's nothing more for me to add. Um, he is the best right back in the world mm-hmm. this this season and, and the previous season included. I've got nothing more to add. I think it's, it's guaranteed for Alexander-Arnold. I won't even say his first name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, he's already got, so, he's already got right. first names in his surname. So, right centre-back. Okay, I, I don't know about right or left, but I'll, I'll, I'll say, um, this is a bit I'm hardest. This, I'm hard, this is why I can't get my words out. But I think I'll say uh, Raphael Varane. Okay. Because I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't really know who to put alongside the obvious one. Um, I thought I remember mm-hmm. poor, but I don't think he's got a consistent kind of world-class body of work behind him. You could argue Varane doesn't. Ramos, just I just feel like he definitely gets sent off. PK's obviously past his best. Could have picked um, a couple of other players. Like You could argue Maguire, but you'd be wrong. Maybe wrong. So, so <laughs> I'd go with Varane. But it's a bit like the Gomez thing with Liverpool, where I'm not, we're not, I don't feel like we're in the age of like kind of heroic players in different positions. Now, I don't know if it's like nostalgia thinking, because I know we've got Messi and Ronaldo in our generation, but I feel like 20 years ago, there were like iconic players in each position. Do you know what I mean? Like Roberto yeah, Carlos, yeah. Uh, Fabio Cannavaro, um, like these. Zidane. Yeah, Zidane, Vidic, Terry, Zidane, yeah, Ronaldinho. They felt like you had like these brilliant players and maybe it's just nostalgia speaking but i just don't think there's a a viable top 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 class center back to go alongside our obvious other choice please think to tell me something i haven't thought of (laughs) no so i i probably two years ago would have gone with ramos i just i don't think he necessarily has that edge that he used Mm -hmm. to have in terms of you know i think his pace has got a little bit worse um, just he's getting older, and I don't think it's anything to do with him not still being a quality mm-hmm. centre back. I just, I think I probably would go Varane as well. And as you said, Laporte, I think may well have got into this team for me, but he's been injured all season. And then also, I, I do, especially if we're doing the speaker thing, I do want to stick to left and right sided mm-hmm. centre backs. And Laporte is also a left sided centre back, and he's obviously not getting ahead of who's coming mm-hmm. next. 
So I think Varane is a clear and obvious choice. Mm-hmm. There's others in there that you can make. Chiellini. Mm-hmm. If if De Litt had continued yeah. his form from last season, maybe he'd, he'd be in with the shout, especially considering their, their um, teammates for Holland as well. But I think Varane, World Cup winner, mm-hmm. Champions League winner, you can't really go far wrong with that decision. So the next choice, I don't think we need to speak too much no. about it because it's also painful to have so many Liverpool players in this yeah. team. And we've mentioned a Liverpool player for every position so far. So Virgil van Dijk, yes, say no more about it. Yeah, um, and we'll, we'll move. We'll move. We'll move swiftly on to left yeah. back. Then now, are you going to let me try and explain my way first, and then either agree with me if I'm right or completely contradict me if I'm wrong? Because that's fine. I'm happy to put my head above the parapet each time. We don't necessarily have to do that. I'll go. I can yeah, go you first. go first <laughs> on this one. <laughs> see, it's not easy, is it? <laughs> now, so, see, some people listening who know that I'm a huge fan of Luke Shaw are probably thinking, "Oh, he's going to say Luke Shaw." I'm not yeah. going to say Luke because <laughs> I'm not a because I'm because I'm not a moron. So I might I mainly like him just because I want to go to Nando's mm. with him, but that's about it. But I'm probably going to say Robertson. Okay, good. Because um, I'm not going to. Okay, interesting. Um, Champions League winner last season. This season, he's had another very good season. And I just think you're going to say someone that I haven't thought of, it sounds like. But Jordi Alba is no longer the player that he seemed like he was going to be for, for Spain and Barcelona. Uh, David Alaba, I haven't really heard too many too many great things about him. And then after those guys, at least just currently, I'm struggling to think of someone else, but you seem to have someone. So who? who My pick is Marcos Rojo. Uh, no, it's um. I actually, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to go with. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Jordi Alba. Okay. I, th- I wonder if a part of me was kind of biased by not wanting to pick too many Liverpool players, which is a te- which is a terrible methodology for this. I've always thought that Alexander Arnold is the better fullback at Liverpool, um, and that yes. this position is not as locked down as that one is. And I just think, and I know it's on this season, but I just think Jordi Alba's been so consistent for so long. He's the left back of the Barcelona team, which is ultimately top of the Liga for what, I, for what that's yeah. worth. So if nothing else for a kind of a point of difference, this is a genuine kind of toss up. But I did arrive on Alba. So yeah, that's my that's my choice. And I'm sticking with Okay. You can't, right. okay. No, that opens up another, another poll for us as well. So I, no issues with that. I know that... My my Liverpool friend out here, Felipe, is just going to be rubbing his hands that three of my back four, at least, are, are Liverpool fans, uh, Liverpool <laughs> players even. So um, that's going to be painful for me to have to listen through yeah, his dragging. They're the, they are um, the best team in the world, as much as that hurts me to say. They're the best team in the yeah. world. So I'm, 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 it's, it's not pettiness that's yeah. not going picking Robertson. I just, I didn't want to get too much of kind of confirmation bias by picking too many of the same team, which makes no sense. But no, but but it's 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 Mm -hmm. fair enough. Okay, so uh, let's let's make this a little bit easier on ourselves, and I guess we'll let's stumble across the formation that we're both going to go with then. And what formation are you? I'm going to go for four three three because, in my opinion, and again, I'd love it if you disagreed. I feel the temptation here with these kind of best elevens ever or best elevens of the world is people just cram it full of attacking players and. Yeah. I just feel like if, if you want to pick the best 11 players in the world, you end up with a kind of a Garth Crooks team with like two defenders, three yeah. midfielders and five attackers. 
and the defenders are the only ones who scored. Um, so I'd want a yeah. team which is, as far as anything, guaranteed to be any team on any day. And I feel like if you've got a solidity in midfield yep. as well as, obviously, world-class attackers, you'll win every time. Whereas if you kind of go for a Galactico-Real Madrid team, you could, in theory, get beaten. It's my theory. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I, I hate when you see these kind of shoehorn yeah. teams and playing for formations that don't make sense or don't work in the modern game anymore just for the sake of forcing players in. So I think, yeah, four three three is yeah, is the one that just mm -hmm. makes the most sense. And, and to that end, I think so, I've picked a midfield three, which has a little bit of everything as well. Because it's also tempting to go with like kind of two CAMs and also like a number eight centre midfielder. I think I've got a nice balance. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, uh, what I tend to play on FIFA at least is two CMs and a CAM. I do play, play quite attacking anyway. You know me, I, I hate mm -hmm. having the ball anyway. So possession is not something, so, and you know, I just kind of hammer down that, that high yeah. press um, button the whole time. So I get knackered. So that's how I play on FIFA, everyone. Mm -hmm. So I won't be playing anyone else mm -hmm. online. But yes, yeah, so I'm going to go for a 4 3 3, but it may well be a little bit more attacking than you what I go for. So let's go with your first midfield pick um any this any one could position. be way off here because i don't know the ins and outs of appearances from all other teams in the premier league i don't pretend to be a like a, this wide-reaching football expert but i pick fabinho for liverpool sick of having two liverpool players on my team okay. picking fabinho for liverpool champions league winner okay he's the best defensive-minded midfielder that they have and i feel that for liverpool's midfield which is often criticized having a lack of um, creativity but they do have a great kind of complement in their midfield even though I feel like it's a bit limited I just feel Fabinho is meant to be the deepest line yeah. midfielder of the three but he's also versatile and he can play at right back as well and that's who I'd want to pick in this team he doesn't that's make good. it into mine but I, I have no disagreements with, with the pick I think given that I'm not necessarily playing a defensive midfield for me uh, it I'm going to go with De Bruyne um, as my first central midfield position. I think he's just what you want. I think if you were building a football player, especially to play midfield, you probably would build Pogba. Yes, I agree. Just because of his athleticism, his height, his strength. That's who you would build. But I think the next one you would go for is someone similar to De Bruyne who's got a similar-ish build to very successful midfielders over over the history mm. of football. And I think just in the way that I play, he can do that job of... He covers himself physicality-wise. Mm -hmm. He's He doesn't shy away from many things. He can run most of the most of the game. He's not Kante, but he can run a lot of the time. And he's also got that amazing distribution and the ability to play the killer pass as well. So I'm going to say De Bruyne. Does he make it into your he three anyway? He does. Actually, he makes okay. it in as my most attacking midfielder. Okay. So it's going to be interesting. I think I've gone for a bit of a Mourinho approach. And I think you've gone for a bit more of a kind of a Guardiola okay. approach. Um, so you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, Mourinho's toast. All right, so who's your, your second um, I've gone a little bit um, left field with this one. I'm not okay. fully cognizant of just how good a season he's had, but I have to check what other people have said. I'm going with Frankie de Jong. Frankie, Frankie, um, it's got an E in it. So Frankie Dion. Yep. He's he's having yep. to pick up a really difficult position in Barcelona central midfield, where obviously they've had a lot of changes, and the one constant for the most part is Busquets, who's past his best, albeit 
still world class and he was excellent at Ajax and he doesn't seem to have had a, a big bedding in period at Barcelona that say Eden Hazard has had at Madrid so I'm picking Frenkie yep um, I'm actually going to pick him alongside oh, okay. um, De Bruyne as well I think they're very yeah so I think they're very similar players and because I'm playing that mm. quite heavy attack team I want players mm-hmm. that can do both jobs obviously attack is there is and and distribution and passing are their strong points I, yeah I think I, I think I want both of them to be able to cover themselves physically in the midfield but also have the ability to pass around and create themselves physically um, so <laughs> I'm a, a bit lewd um but okay sorry <laughs> Yeah, no, so um, that's that's my two. And then obviously you've gone CAM. for De Bruyne as yes, your CAM then. I feel like, um, yeah. and you'll probably have a similar thing with your team, albeit with a slightly different philosophy. I will say something that you that you kind of touched on. I really wanted to pick Pogba, but there's there's zero justification for it. It's like the David De Gea. Yeah, no, especially and, this and season, it's a, yeah. a biased Man United thing. I think Paul Pogba is so good. But you can't pick him because of the injuries, and you can't pick him because he arguably hasn't quite fulfilled his potential, albeit in a bang average team. Yeah. Um, so uh, this one is going to be—I'm going to get slated for this—and it may well be that I haven't watched as much, say, Champions League football as I as I would have wanted this year. But I just—I'm struggling to think of an attacking midfielder past De Bruyne to an extent that's really hit the heights. And I think that ties into to what you said earlier about yeah. there's just not these kind of idols so much anymore um, that they used to be. So, okay, I'm just going to say it because uh, you're going to laugh. Everyone's going to laugh. And there is a bit of bias in there as well. And also just because I've seen him play. I'm going to go Bruno Fernandes because I think for sporting, he had an amazing season. If you look at the number of goals and the number of assists that he had prior to moving to United, he was classed there. And I think for the month and a half that he was able to play for United, he was voted Premier League's best player, I think, for February, um, at least United. And he had, what, three or four goals and three or four assists. And I think there's nothing more that you want from an attacking midfielder. Now, the season may well have progressed normally without this pandemic. And I think my choice may have made more sense given the extra three months under his belt. And I don't necessarily think it's to do with how good Fernandez is. I think I'm just struggling, A, from my my knowledge base and how much football I've been able to watch. But I think also just there is that, uh, I'll use your word, that, that dearth of quality in the attacking midfield position. I think that there's players like, you can play a Griezmann yeah. as, a, as a number 10, but it's just, there's no clear and obvious one like, I think, David Silva might still be in with the shout, but I don't think he's been that good. Um, and I think if we're going purely based on this season, I, you might be able to throw a, another name out there, even though you've put in De Bruyne. Is there anyone else that, you know, you think clearly and obviously deserves You've to, kind of touched to on two things there. And one of them's right and one of them's wrong. Um, the wrong bit is the Bruno Fernandes in your team. But the thing that you've said, right, obviously it's a game of opinions, but <laughs> I think you're wrong. The, the thing you've touched on, which I think is absolutely right, is that the traditional number 10 is dead. Whereas I think five, 10 years ago, if the game wasn't as physical, you could hide a player like mm-hmm. Ozil, um, and you just can't. Because he'll get pressed into oblivion. So I, I completely yeah. agree with your rationale. I just, yeah. I, I can't. I just, I can't sit here. Well, I, that's the thing. And I'm just, 
I'm trying to think of the big teams around Europe, for example, no. because no one's jumping off the page at me. For example, like last year, you know, Ajax came out of nowhere to get to the Champions League semi-final and Frankie mm-hmm. de Jong arguably could have got into that team. There's no team like that this year, it feels like at least. And then I'm also saying, we're going to touch on this a little bit later um, with the, the Sky Sports Premier League, at least team of the season. Yeah. Jack Grealish got into that team. So that, to me, says that no one from no one from Liverpool in the CAM position got there. De Bruyne mm-hmm. did, but he's playing in the CM role for me. No one from Chelsea. James Madison, I wouldn't have there. I wouldn't have Jack Grudish there. And I'm trying to think of that Barcelona midfield, and no one's at least jumping out at me as being yep. clear and obvious in that number 10 position. And again, it ties into the teams that I've watched, the football that I've watched, and the, the difference that Bruno Fernandes has made to that United team. I think, yeah, there is some bias in there. And I'm even, that's why I, I was scared to say it. And I know that I'm going to get ridicule, ridiculed on it. And I, I, if someone can come out and say, Greg, you're a, you're a bellend, you've completely forgotten someone, then I'll put my hands up and say, yeah, fair enough. But I think <laughs> you're going this what a lot of people, yeah, exactly. What a lot of people forget with this is that you can only make yeah. decisions based on your experience and what you've watched. So, so I, I have friends that watch a lot more La Liga. And they're going to come out with some random player from um, who's been doing well in the Spanish league. I don't know where this. It will be their CAM. Yeah, so and then they'll look at me that. and say, "Oh, duh," and I'll say, "Yeah, okay, yeah." But yeah, just you know, I just I've got to speak from experience, and also the FIFA team that I would build. And I'm 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 going to say Bruno Fernandez, and I know I'm going to get mocked, <laughs> and someone's going to say you're a you're a twat. You're a bell end. It's it's completely yeah, fair. Stick to your convictions. I, I can't you think th- of anyone else. Um, <laughs> I said it's an opinion. It's wrong, and I stand by that. But it is your opinion, and that's absolutely right. And you make a good point about relying solely on your experiences. Because <laughs> um, I've I've cheated a bit on a couple of these. I've kind of gone. Well, I've heard Frankie De Jong's been really good, or I've heard okay. Jordi Alba's had a really good season. I'm not necessarily using my um, my own judgment. So. There's two sides to this. I've kind of cheated and I feel that like you have been a bit too led by your own experience. There's no right or wrong answer. This is fantasy. Yeah. Is that, it's, it's, a, it's a, a game of opinions, isn't it? Okay, so let's let's move on then. So, Where are you starting? Um, I'm going to do something indefensible in my front three. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna say something controversial for the sake of it. I'm basically Piers Morgan. I am going to go with Sadio Mane. Okay. Going to go with Lionel Messi, obviously, yeah. and I'm going to go with Kylian Mbappe. So I am leaving out Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo. Silence. I don't think you're far wrong there. I left wing this season, again this season mm-hmm. only. It is Sadio Mane. There's just there's no argument. Ronaldo's not exactly been tearing up trees like he used to. Messi, I think, probably still does get there. Whether or not he's still that right winger um, maybe he's that CAM that I need so, yeah and then your final one was Mbappe I am I'm going to go for another one mm-hmm. just sod it because it'll be fun for a poll <laughs> it'll get people wound up uh, or it won't uh, whatever and I think again yeah. what people have to remember is that it's this season Harlan I think only one player has scored mm-hmm. more goals than him in the Champions League this season and that's Lewandowski so on that side of things, how can you have someone better? He was doing what he was doing for Salzburg, and then he's gone to Dortmund and he's continued to do the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, if anything, he's been a bit better at Dortmund. 
And I'm also, and I'm looking at this, like you said, you're going Mourinho, I'm going Guardiola. Mm-hmm. The team, that's the team that I want. And I think no. you can't leave out Messi and Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so, something just doesn't look right when you do that. As much as I hate playing with Messi on FIFA, um, I think he's still very, very good on that right wing position and his ability to mm-hmm. cut in and stuff. Mane is the best left wing in the world right now. Um, and then again, yeah, I'm just going to go for this season alone. And okay. my experiences, like and I'm yeah, I'm going to go Harland up front. And you know, people can tweet, and we'll put polls up and whatnot. And you know, we'll say who do you think has a better eleven. We'll let FIFA decide it, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. And am I happy with my um, eleven? Uh, and and do I expect people to to tell me that yeah. I'm wrong? Yes, but I'm not going to change it. And uh, unless someone comes out of the woodwork with yeah. an obvious one that I just kick myself and say, "Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm winning next week's mm. award," and you know we'll 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 get to that in a minute. And then just the, a, a quick one because you know there's not too much debate on this, and it kind of ties into our World Eleven, given that we've been quite Premier League heavy. There's been the Sky Sports voted team of the mm-hmm. the Premier League team of the season, um, and I'm going to read it out here. And you just tell me if there's anyone in there that you would change then. So I'm going to go, and bear in mind, this is Premier League, Premier League only. So Henderson in goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back, Harry Maguire and Van Dyke at centre-back, Robertson left-back, a midfield of Henderson, De Bruyne and Grealish, and then a front three of Mane, Vardy and Abanya. Um, uh, what changes are you making, if any? You could, you could argue Alisson for Henderson. You could argue another Liverpool centre midfielder in there, so Fabinho or Wijnaldum. Um, but I th- I th- there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that team. But like you said, Grealish. So it depends on the balance of your team. But I, I, there's nothing wrong with that team. I don't think you could um, you could spit feathers about any of it. My project. Yeah. So I, I, the the question marks that I have in this team yeah. are Vardy, mm-hmm. Aubameyang, and Maguire. Um, I think Allison missed a lot of time with his injury, um, whereas Henderson has played every game. And I just think that the, the team that Henderson's playing for compared to the team that Allison's playing for. And I think that's why I'm leaving Grealish as well for his performances and how well he's done this season, yeah. given that he's playing for a team that is fighting relegation. Yeah. It just kind of shows how much he's done. Vardy and Aubameyang, I think, are stat padders. And I think there's an element of that which can be good. And I think there's an element of that can be bad. I don't necessarily know who I would take them out for, um, but I think I just have question marks around them. And then again with Harry Maguire, I think Maguire has become a, Mm -hmm. let's say, £65 million centre-back. I don't think he's quite at £80 yet. But I think the last two months before the season was um, postponed, he was starting to be that, clear and obvious very good centre-back that we signed and also captain um, and he was starting to look like more of a leader and I think you could this is this kind of ties into to the Joe Gomez thing again I think you could probably have an, mm-hmm. an all Liverpool back four or even back five including the goalkeeper but I I don't know who else especially recently in the Premier League given how good Harry Maguire was becoming and the amount of clean sheets United were keeping mm-hmm. um, I think Maguire probably does deserve his position there and then Vardy just had like two two months mm. or three months where I, I think he was just stuck on 17 goals. Um, so that's where I start to question his validity in the team. Um, I think, but again, I was going to say one thing about this. Actually. You're very right. Vardy and Aubameyang are very similar 
call it stat padders, call it um, whatever you want. They're quite similar players. I think um, Mo Salah actually suffered for the fact that his season this season hasn't been quite as good as his ridiculous season two years ago. I loathe to put him in because he hasn't quite yeah. been as consistently brilliant. I'd probably put him in for maybe Vardy. I was quite sceptical about just how good Aubameyang was. I thought that he was a kind of a, a poacher. Um, but he has had a good season with Arsenal. Yeah. So that might be a change. Yeah. And again, this kind of ties into our, our conversation right at the beginning with the, the shambles of the England future team um, and how injuries make a, make a difference. Because um, I think Rashford had, if he, if he had had another month of the rest of January and all of February before the season yeah. was, was stopped, um, I think he makes it in this team. With the amount of goals that he had, had scored, he's still mm -hmm. only, I think, four or five behind Vardy mm -hmm. and Aubameyang. Um, and he's missed two months. I think he gets into that team. And I probably would, like you say, I probably would leave Aubameyang in there. I think I'd take Vardy out for, and just and have a very, very fluid front three um, with Rashford, Aubameyang and Mane. But again, you know, injuries do happen and Rashford shouldn't be in that list. I think Aguero is worth a shout, but I don't think there's too much wrong with that team, to be honest. Um, I think, like you said, we're just kind of we're splitting feathers. So I think, yeah, I reckon, do you want to leave it? I'm happy. So, Doug, that brings us to the end of uh, this, this podcast, this episode. Uh, how do you think it's gone? I think it's been excellent with no issues whatsoever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I've enjoyed it. Awesome, awesome. So I just wanted to to get to this last point of the show and of the episode and let everyone know the reasoning behind the name. Mm. And we can go into some detail about why we've called it the Bell on Door. Do you want to take it away from that point? Uh, oh yeah, I won't go into too much biological detail. But um, the reason we called it Bell on Door, obviously any sports fan will understand a play on the words Ballon d'Or, the World Player of the Year. Um, but what we've done is we've cleverly introduced a bit of British slang, uh, incorporated the word bellend, which is anyone who's uh, an idiot, a fool, a jackass, if you want to call it that for American listeners. Um, <laughs> so just someone who's just completely abandoned the rules of sensibility and just been an arse. Um, and it's also um, for more for you science buffs, it's the uh, the small purple bit on the end of the penis. Uh, <laughs> so that, I think that um, encapsulates all three elements to the pun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, do you want me to actually explain it, the yeah. award? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, the award obviously goes to the biggest bell end from the previous week. So last week, who would you have given it to? Last week, we gave it to Liverpool for furloughing their staff, um, which was a yep. scandalous decision. Um, the most recent winner for me is a clear and obvious uh, winner in Kyle Walker. Blatantly flouting lockdown rules, uh, a la Jack Grealish, but going one step further by uh, <laughs> having a, a sex party. I'm not sure I don't know what a sex party actually is. Maybe I haven't lived, but that's what I think Kyle I could Walker take a, did. I think I could take a stab at it and guess. Yes. But <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think I'll just leave that there rather than going into too much Just detail. leave it hanging. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, just just just, just bizarre. Of, of all the reasons to break lockdown, you know, feed a loved one, fancy going for a run. Now I'm going to have a sex party with, <laughs> I think, three unidentified other people. So it could yeah, be anyone. It could be members of our World Eleven. It, it, it most likely is. 
Yeah, I've heard rumours that one of them might be implicated. <laughs> There's quite a few of them based in the north of England, so they're, they're local, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> close by. And none of them are dogs, because um, that would be very consistent. <laughs> Alleged rumours of Kyle Walker. Um, I don't think there was a dog involved. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's the Bellendor for this week. Yeah, a, a completely fair shout, and I couldn't think of a more worthy winner, shall we mm. say. Congratulations. So, Doug, <laughs> so I think that kind of brings us to the end, a fairly fitting end to the episode of the new name of the podcast. Anything else to add before we go? No, I'm just hoping that some sports news, hopefully not tragic, but hopefully some sports news comes in over the next few days. So we have A, something to talk about, and B, just something to get excited about during uh, these interesting times. But uh, no, I'm all happy. Awesome. Also, I couldn't agree more. The, the sooner sport comes back and obviously it's safe and healthy for everyone to do so, the better. Uh, for for the health of the, the, the globe. Um, the globe? The globe? <laughs> couldn't really well, have, less you, have, you, have you? Yeah, have you got a globe? <laughs> I'm just coughing. I just, I keep punching my office globe. So in, in right. just anger at the coronavirus situation. So the sooner on. everyone's, everyone's <laughs> released, I can stop punching my globe. But yeah, no, that's, what, uh, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, I've enjoyed this one. It's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah. And obviously announcing the, the first winner of the Bellon d'Or. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Doug, thank you for joining me. And we'll see you next week. Take care.